young mother um, was sitting in the simulated leather chair in the doctor's office, uh, nervously picking at her fingernail. Uh, Wrinkles of worry creased her forehead as she watched five-year-old Kenny on the carpet in front of her. He was a little small for his size and too thin, she thought. Uh, His blonde hair hung down straight and touched his ears, but there was a white gauze bandage wrapped around his head, covering his eyes and pinning his ears down. He was sitting there on the floor with a beat-up old teddy bear, bouncing it on his lap. He called it Gurface, and it was the pride of his life, even though it only had one arm and was missing an eye. Twice his mother had uh, offered to get him a new one, but the child had fussed so much that she relented. She looked at him, tilted her head, and smiled, and she thought to herself, he really doesn't have anything else. And she sighed to herself. The, The door swept open. The nurse appeared. Kenny Ellis, she announced. And that young mother scooped that child up off the floor and followed the nurse to the examination room. Uh, the hallway smelled like uh, rubbing alcohol and bandages, but it was lined with drawings of young children. The doctor will be with you soon, the nurse said with her efficient smile and invited her to have a seat. Kenny's mother put him up on the examination table and said to him, Be careful, don't fall. And Kenny said, Am I very high up? And she said, No, but be careful. And Kenny hugged his teddy bear close, and he said, Well, I don't want Gurface to fall either. She smiled at that. And then that smile turned to a bit of a frown of concern. She uh, reached over and stroked his hair and then felt the softness of his cheek on the back of her hand. And the music in the office transitioned to a a haunting rendition of Silent Night. And she remembered the accident for the thousandth time. For years she had been cooking on the back of the range, but that morning there it was right on the front, water boiling, almost boiling, ready for the oatmeal. And, and, And the phone rang in the living room, and she went and answered it. And it was one of those uh, free offers that seemed to cost so much. And just as she hung up, she heard Kenny scream from the kitchen and heard the pans clatter, that cry of pain that frosts a mother's heart. She winced with her memory and wiped a, a tear from her eye. For six long weeks, they had waited for this day. The doctor said, we can take the bandages off a few days before Christmas, and then we'll know. The door swept open, and in walked Dr. Harris, and uh, he said brightly, good morning, Mrs. Ellis, how are you today? Fine, she said, but she was so apprehensive she had no time for small talk. 
Dr. Harris walked over to the sink, bent over and carefully washed his hands. He was cautious with his patients, but careless about himself. He could hardly ever find time to get a haircut. It was always hanging kind of ragged at his collar. His tie was loose and his shirt open at the throat. He pulled up a stool and he said, let's take a look now. And he carefully cut the gauze that was wrapped around Kenny's head and it fell away and leaving two square patches that were taped directly over the eye. And Dr. Harris carefully began to, to peel those patches off so he didn't hurt the tender skin of the boy. And Kenny opened his eyes slowly and blinked because the light seemed to hurt his eyes. And then he looked directly at his mother and said, Hi, Mom! <laughs> and all she could do choking and speechless as grab him and hug him and hold him and for a minute or two that's all she could do and finally she looked up at the doctor and she said thank you so much I don't know how I can pay you it's been so hard for us since my husband died uh, we've been over all of that before Dr. Harris said with a wave I know how things are with you and Kenny I'm just glad I could help. She stood up and dabbed her eyes with a well-worn handkerchief and took Kenny's hand and turned to go to the door when he pulled away from her. And Kenny stood there for a, a long moment looking up at that doctor uncertainly. And then he lifted his teddy bear by its one good arm and he said, Here, you can take my girl face it ought to be worth a lot of money. Dr. Harris looked at him, and he quietly reached down, and he took that teddy bear in two hands. And he said, thank you, Kenny. This payment is more than enough. So those last uh, couple of days before Christmas were good days for Kenny and his mom. They would sit up late at night and look at the lights on the Christmas tree. And that six weeks in the bandages was enough for him. Kenny didn't hardly even want to close his eyes to sleep at night, to, to see the fire dancing in a fireplace or a snowflake sticking to a window pane or the two small presents under the tree, the lights and the colors. It was just all so good to look at. And then it was Christmas Eve. Suddenly in the doorbell rang and Mrs. Ellis goes over and opens the door but there's no one there. There was however on the front porch a good sized package. It was wrapped in green metallic paper and it had a green ribbon around it and a green bow and a card on it that made it obvious that the present was intended for Kenny. And so he sat there on the couch and smile on his face as he tore off the bow, tore off the ribbon, tore off the paper. He lifted the lid and he pulled out a teddy bear, his own girl face that had a new brown corduroy eye and two new, I mean arm and two new button eyes. He didn't seem to mind that the arm didn't match. He just laughed and hugged his teddy bear. And Mrs. Ellis reached into the box and found a card in there. She opened it up and read it. It said, Dear Kenny, I can sometimes help put little boys and girls back together again. 
But I needed Mrs. Harris's help um, to uh, fix her face. She's a better doctor than I am. Merry Christmas, and it was signed, Dr. Harris. And Kenny, smiling, pointed to the bear's button eyes and said, Mom, look, Gurface can see again, just like me. You know, if I were down at Little Lamb, and I go down there a couple of times a month, and I tell them a Bible story, and at the end I usually ask them, did you like my story? And they're always so kind to me, and they say yes. And they tell me I can come back again. You know, I hope maybe you feel a little bit the same this morning. You know, I have six other stories like this one, a a total of seven. I thought I had eight, but there are only seven. There are stories I tell at Christmas time, following I trust uh, in the way of my Lord, who used stories and parables to teach God's truth. And these stories, I hope, help us to better understand in some small way uh, the real meaning of Christmas. I hope it happens It's a large truth, and no merely human story could ever capture all of its meaning. If you were to take all of them and put them together, it would still only barely scratch the surface. And I've read dozens and dozens of pieces looking for just the right ones. There are all sorts of tales which fall under that general heading of Christmas stories. And there uh, there are those stories that are true, and there are stories that are not true. They're made up. And this story about Kenny that I just told you happened to be true. There are those about the North Pole and Santa and elves and reindeer and snowmen and even snow women. And there are cute stories. And then there are those that one wonders if the author who had written them had ever heard of what happened in Bethlehem over 2,000 years ago. Then there are much fewer in number of really good stories which simply glow with the spirit of Christmas, and yet most of those are too long for a setting like this. And finally, there are those few that are good, and which I can use to tell on a day like this. I'm still looking, and maybe one day I'll add to my collection. You know, all of the really good Christmas stories include something about giving. You see, everyone knows that Christmas is a time of giving, even if they don't know where all of that giving stuff came from. And in our story today, Dr. Harris uh, was a kind man who gave. And into this particular family, he gave of his time and his talent and his money when he treated little Kenny. And he also gave Kenny a sense of dignity when he accepted Gurface's payment in full. True to his character, he gave again. When he returned the teddy bear, not another one, not one that was simply picked up from the store, but one that cost him and his wife something as they repaired the the very one that that little boy loved, his own girl face. (laughs) And he returned it in better shape than when he first received it. Mrs. Ellis, Kenny's mom, was in no position to give anything. All she could do is accept. All she could do was receive what the doctor offered and which she and her son needed so much. But you know what the best thing that happened that day was? Uh, the, the, The amazing thing that we see when we think about that story is what little Kenny did. 
You see, he gave his best. And he gave it in payment, in payment for his mother, who his mother was responsible for the bill. And he gave it for her who had nothing to give. And what little five-year-old Kenny did that day was like what God did on that first Christmas so long ago. You know the verse, don't you? If you bring it up, Jim. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, God gave his best when he gave his son, and it was in payment, in payment for us, payment for our sins, so that we could live forever. Do you know who we're most like in this story I told today? We're most like Mrs. Zealous, like Kenny's mom. We have nothing at all to offer. All we can do is accept the gift. All we can do is receive from God what we so desperately need and can get nowhere else in no other way and can't get for ourselves except to take it from him. It is purely a gift that God gives, and he wants to give it. But if you do that, you'll get the greatest gift ever. I want you to notice something about that passage. You know, we get that free gift of eternal life by simply believing yeah, the Bible doesn't say God gave his son so that those uh, who do good or the ones who join a church or get baptized or become missionaries or enters a monastery or tries his or her best or gives money or climbs a mountain or any other such thing gets eternal life. The only ones who get eternal life are those who believe, not just that God exists, you understand, because even the devils believe that. But that they, they believe, they trust in God, and they put their faith in him. And if you do that, if you do it, if you believe, if you put your faith in God, if you trust him, he will give you his son, and in him you will have eternal life. And all of your sins, those things which you have done that hurt others, and by which you have hurt your own self, those things that separate you from God in whom everything that good is contained, all of those things that you've done and all of those things you should have done and you didn't do, all of your sins, all of all of your sins, every one of them will be forgiven. There's not one of them that will be remembered. There's not one of them that's too big to forgive. All because God gave on that first Christmas day, and he continues to do so today. Now, there's one more passage that I want to look at um, just briefly to consider this morning uh, to kind of round up what we've been talking about. The Bible tells us in the book of um, James that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. You know what that means? That means that every good thing you have ever had in your life in one way or another comes to you from God. Your mom, your dad, your spouse, your children, your friends, your church, family, your home, your car, the food you eat comes to you from God because he loves you. Kenny received his eyesight back. His mother found the right doctor, Gerface, came back home. 
anything that anyone anywhere has ever received that is good has come from God. And God does not change. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. And he is still the same God that 2,000 years ago gave us his son who has given you every good thing you have ever had. And he will give you his son if only you receive him. He really is only a prayer away. Would you look at me for a minute? Let anyone who has ears hear what God is saying. The gift has been given. You only need to receive it. And if you're here today and you don't understand, or if you need help, or if you want this gift, but you don't quite follow what I've been talking about, then I want you to come see me or, or go and talk to any other person you know who is a genuine follower of Jesus Christ. And we'll show you from not our opinion, but from the Word of God, how you can know you have eternal life and that your sins are forgiven. So that's my story today. And that's my message. I only have one thing I want to add to it, if I may. I'd like to say to you, to all of you, from my heart to your heart, and from my family to your family, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Would you pray with me? Thanks, Father, for the gift of your Son. Thanks for every other good thing we have ever had that has come from your hand. Thank you for who you are. Draw us to yourself. And bless us that we might be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand one more time.
Thank you again for coming to worship at Y Bible. Merry Christmas. Thank you.